Lift up some praise at eternity, church. Hallelujah. God's good. Amen. You're the God who fights for me. Come on, he ain't done fighting for you. Hands up if you're alive. Come on, then God's not done fighting for you yet. Amen. Praise God. That is the sound of a church that's still on fire, that's still alive, that's still got some vision, that's still got some passion, that's still seeing God do miracles, that's still seeing God restore relationships and marriages and families, that's still healing hearts, healing minds, healing lives. Amen. God is still good. Praise God. I'm so glad I don't pastor a dead church. Because that would be my fault. I want people to know they're alive in Christ. God ain't dead. God ain't done. It's hot out there, I know. It's crazy out in the world these days. But God ain't done. The word is still true. It's still an anchor. It's not progressive. It doesn't change. It's still applicable. It's still life-changing. The Holy Spirit still wants to transform your life. Amen. Come on, someone say it. I ain't dead. And my God ain't done. Maybe you just need to add giddy up at the end. Maybe that's just for us rednecks. All right. Man, it's good to be in church, eh? Y'all have an awesome Independence Day? Yeah? Oh, come on. This is Eternity Church. It's not some woke church. Y'all have a good Independence Day? There we go. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, Everyone still got their fingers? Yeah? Good? I saw a thing on on Instagram uh, on Saturday the 2nd of July. It said... Thousands of Americans don't even know. It's their last weekend with all their fingers. I was like, yeah, and that's true, right? So, nah, come on now. I loved it. It was our first Independence Day as Americans, and we just had a lot to celebrate. And um, I'm grateful. Grateful to be here, you know. You, you, you might find one, but I doubt you'll ever find an immigrant that doesn't love it in America. So, And, um, you know, got a bit more perspective on the world, you know. So, uh, my son was carrying a flag from the car last week and, um, and, 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 he, and he dropped, we didn't drop it, but a part of it hung down and hit the ground. And I was like, hey, get that off the ground. And I loved what he said, because I love that my 13 year old knows it. He goes, you really love the flag, don't you? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. So anyway, good to be here. So good to be here. But hey, if you do find an immigrant that hates America, let me know. So anyway, if you're new here, welcome to Eternity Church. My name is Jesse. I'm glad that you're here. And uh, I just really am. You're welcome as you are. No matter who you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've said, come on, you're welcome here. You know, I hate to say it, but I love to say it, that liars, hookers, racists, thieves, swindlers, drunkards, addicts, y'all are welcome at Eternity Church, all right? 
You're welcome as you are. And I say that because a church that, that, that's not afraid to preach the truth, a church that's not afraid to be spirit-filled, a church that has grace that travels just as far and just as hard as the truth that we preach, is a place where, though you're welcome as you are, you're going to find it really difficult to stay as you are. Because we want to see your life transformed by the Word of God, amen, and by the power of God. And so you're welcome as you are, but I just really believe that the longer you're here, you're going to find it hard to stay the same. God wants to change your life, amen. So anyway, uh, also I, I'm, I'm told I need to announce that our Jesus Freedom and Eternity Church shirts that we released last Independence Day, which was last year because church fell on it. So we gave everyone a free shirt. Um, um, those are going to, we're doing a reprint because by popular demand. So anyway, they'll be on the merch store sometime this week or next week. Just keep an eye on our social media. But if you're new here, today I'm preaching, excuse me, part two of our um, Culture Wars sermon series, okay? And, uh, oh, oh, by the way, welcome in Adel, by the way. Love y'all. Uh, we got our Adel campus out there. We got people meeting in homes in Audubon um, as well. And just want to welcome y'all to church today. Uh, I'm preaching part two of our Be A Man sermon uh, and uh, it was supposed to be one sermon, but as you all know, I'm pretty long-winded, so um, we're doing part two this week. Week one was titled, Be a Man, Unless You're a Woman, Then Be a Woman. Uh, week two is um, not quite as long, just Be a Man, part two. And um, so before I get into that, I want to give you maybe the uh, key scripture from our whole Culture Wars series, uh, which is in Isaiah chapter 5. So if you want to go there, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, I'm going to read to verse 23. After that, I'm going to pray, and then y'all can sit down, okay? Um, so again, that's Isaiah chapter 5, or as y'all like to say, Isaiah, Isaiah, that's right, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, all right? Uh, Verse 20. You ready? All right. Woe. Now listen, when Scripture says woe to those, y'all want to stand up and pay attention because you don't want to be the one he's woeing, right? Right? We want to be wooed by God, not woed by God, right? And so woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Woe to those who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Woe to those who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes, shrewd in their own sight, Woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine. Woe to those who are valiant men in mixing strong drink. Woe to those who acquit the guilty for a bribe, but deprive the innocent of his right. Woe to those. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for the privilege it is to be able to be in church together. God, the fact that we're even allowed to meet together. We know a lot of our brothers and sisters around the world aren't allowed to meet together. God, they've got to hide. They have underground churches or whatever else. So they're in fear of their lives. God, we thank you that we can meet together today. I thank you for the privilege it is to be a preacher, to be a pastor, to be a minister of your gospel, that I get to preach your word. God, I thank you for the boldness that you have given us and our church and myself to stand up and preach what's in the word, regardless of whether it's popular, fun, encouraged in the world or not. But God, what's right, what's good according to your word. God, thank you for that boldness, that privilege in this church 
church. And I just pray today that you would use this moment that we have all set aside, that each and every one of us would leave this place stronger, better, more equipped to be the men and the women that you have called us, empowered us, and designed us to be, Lord. This is your moment. We just want to sit here and receive all that you have for us today. In the name of Jesus, somebody say amen. Look at your neighbor, stare him in the eye and say, can you handle the truth? And then give them a kiss on the cheek and take a seat. I was kidding about the kiss on the cheek. All right. How y'all doing? Y'all doing good? All right. I, I have been so excited to preach this message. Uh, in fact... Um, the last three weeks, uh, or three messages I've preached, I've just been fired up and pumped to preach. And um, I, uh, I ran into some people at the cafe. And when I'm fired up to preach and I'm preparing my message, um, I just preach it to everybody everywhere all the time, right? So I was like at the cafe and I ran into Josie and Betsy and I'm like, so here's the message. And then I get home and I'm preaching to my wife and I'm like, baby, here's the message. We're going to this and then we're going to talk about that and then we're going to do this. And I'm like bouncing around yesterday afternoon to my wife, it, she's like getting all dialed up, ready to come to church, and I'm bouncing around everywhere in the in the uh, in the ensuite there, talking about the message. And she stops and she goes, "Bro, how many coffees have you had?" It's like five, and it's gonna be an amazing message, right? And so um, I discovered something this week. I keep getting headaches, um, and uh, I realized that when I'm really busy, I forget to have coffee, and coffee is the lifeblood. And so I, um, so this yesterday, I'm like, I'm going to preach well. I'm not going to have a headache. So I just kept throwing them back, and I did that for you, all right? I did that so that you could have a minister up here preaching the gospel without a headache and not tired, all right? So I've got some residual caffeine effects today, a little bit of the shakes, a bit of the sweats, but, uh, but we're going to get through it, all right? So, but I did this for you, all right? So... Anyway, get on with it, right? Someone say, get on with it. All right. Hey, don't talk to the pastor like that. And so, um, hey, y'all know we're in a culture war, right? Right? You know it, right? Whether you're in church or not, whether you're a believer or not, you know that, that there is a culture war happening in our world right now. And it's not that old school kind of culture war that we used to have where it's like, well, should we do the welfare thing or not? You know, should we have like a single payer healthcare system or should it be like privately funded uh, a system? You know, and then on one side, they're like, you know, everybody should have healthcare. And, nobody, and on the other side, they're like, the government doesn't run anything well, so let's keep it private. And they've both got arguments. And I'm like, I miss those culture wars, you know? where it's like, you know what, you got your opinion, I got my opinion, let's go, you know? I miss that, but this culture war is not about that. This culture war at the center of it is design, foundational biblical truths, and sin. <clears throat> and in this culture war, we have people saying evil things are good, and we have people saying that good things are evil, and it's prevalent throughout the whole, the whole of Western society right now. And if you don't recognize it, and if you don't stand up for righteousness and for what is right and against what is wrong, you're going to either be swallowed and deceived by it, or if not you, your children will certainly be swallowed and deceived by it because you didn't speak to them, all right? And around the, the country, there are so many churches that I would have at one time called great churches, but now because of their silence on very, very relevant cultural issues, and I say relevant because 
everybody's talking about it, all right? People are singing about it, Instagramming about it, talking about it. Everybody's talking about it, right? But these churches, so many of them are silent on these very relevant, current, cultural issues. And so their pews are being filled with deceived people. Now, maybe the pastors believe the truth deep down inside. Like deep, 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 deep down inside, maybe. But they're so silent in their churches that their children are being discipled by Taylor Swift. The Reverend Jesse Jackson, who ain't a reverend but got a piece of paper, is the king disciple maker. That Nancy Pelosi and Tom Hanks are discipling our children. <clears throat> that the White House is discipling. Look, I don't care whether it's Trump or Biden in the White House. I don't want them discipling my children. I want to. Amen. I want the church to. We've got the non-binary trans actor Demi Lovato or our singer Demi Lovato is the ambassador and picture of mental health on a therapy platform. It's called Talkspace. I used to invest in it. I sold out of that. Come on. Like which, which gives an indication as to whether it works or not. If any Christian teachers attend those churches that are silent, they're not being discipled or instructed or encouraged in their churches about these relevant issues. So instead, they're being instructed and discipled by their teachers' unions. The same teachers' unions that came out this week announcing that they're removing the word mother from their language because it's too offensive. Instead, they're going to use the term birthing person because that ain't offensive, right? Because women evidently are nothing but a meat vessel to carry another kid, and that's it, right? And so because so many of these churches won't recognize the season that we're in, our children are being indoctrinated with this crazy kind of destructive ideology at school by the same teachers who are being discipled by these woke and demonic teachers' unions. It's as if this scripture, woe to those who call evil good and, e and good evil. It's as if that was written today. Isn't it? It's like it was written today. Listen, we're not supposed to be the same as the world. If everything you believe is affirmed in the world, you might be doing it wrong. We're not supposed to be the same. We're supposed to stand different. We're supposed to be set apart. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not friends with anybody in the world. It doesn't mean that we don't live in the world. It means that within this world, we live different than they do. We preach different. We speak different. We act different. We behave different than they do. Because ain't nobody want to get saved out of brokenness straight back into brokenness. When they leave that crazy, confusing, broken world that is producing suicide and depression and anxiety at rates higher than ever before. They don't want to find the same ideology in the church. They need to find freedom, healing, truth. We got to get away from affirming brokenness and move back to healing brokenness. Amen? It's as if the scripture was written today. So this week, I'm going to preach on masculinity or biblical masculinity. Now, a huge part of understanding biblical masculinity and manhood and a huge part of understanding how God calls a man to live is found in God's design or God's OG design for a man and for a woman. Now, there, now, now you know, this progressive wing in American society 
seems hell-bent on destroying everything that echoes God's foundational design. Now, you can be like, that's harsh to call them out. It's just true, though, right? Like, which side saying men aren't men, men can do this, women can't? Like, there's only, like they, they, they seem hell-bent on destroying God's foundational design. Now, why are they doing that? Right? Why not just go after some of the sin stuff mentioned later on in the word? Why go after foundational design? Because if you undermine design, you undermine everything that makes mankind what God called very good. See, God made animals, and he said, that's good. God made you, and God was like, mm, that's very good. Right? It's different. You were very good. That's just good. You're very good. You're so good, you made all of that very good. That's how good you were when God made you. Come on. God made you, someone say it, very good. And if men and women become confused about their design, they won't know how to behave in a godly way, and society won't function properly and won't honor God at all. I want to show you some of the foundational attacks that I'm talking about to help set up the importance of design for this conversation about uh, biblical manhood and masculinity. Now, if you're a woman here and you're like, ah, oh, it's my first time, they're talking about men. Listen, one of the best things a woman can do is recognize a godly man, all right? So you don't marry some loser, all right? So you don't marry some bloke that doesn't know how to get dressed in the morning, doesn't know how to shower, spends his day on his Xbox, your lawns are six feet high, and he's like, it's fine, right? You want to marry a man, right? You don't want to marry a boy, all right? You want to marry a man. And so today I want to help you recognize what that is, what is a man of God, all right? Now, we're going to look at these foundational attacks going on in, the, in our culture today. Scripture says God created mankind in His image, right? That's Imago Dei. That's a theological concept right there, Imago Dei. We are image bearers of God. When the devil looks at you, he hates you because he sees God in you. So if he can destroy the Imago Dei, the image bearing status that, that you carry, if he can attack that foundational moment, I was designed as a man in the image of God, then he's not so offended when he looks at me. <clears throat> Imago Dei. He designed us. He, he, you know what I love is God didn't just design you. God didn't just form you. Sorry, God didn't just create you. He designed you. He thought about you. And, and then he made you. And Jeremiah says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. When? Before I even started making you, I knew you. Because I thought about you. I designed you. I meticulously put effort into to all the aspects of your personality and of your character and, and of your looks even. And, and I liked it, so I made it. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. God designed you, God designed you, amen, God created you. Society says you weren't designed, you were not created. Society would say, no, you evolved into what you are now. There was a monkey or an ape or something out there that evolved into what we are now. They say that because your DNA is similar to the monkey, that that proves that we used to be monkeys, that we evolved. Listen, I tell them all the time, listen, of course there are similarities between me and the monkey. 
The same bloke designed us both. Right? Look, you ever see a Hubble Homes home and notice that all the Hubble Homes homes look like Hubble Homes homes? You ever see a Caliber Homes home? Homes? Listen, Homes, did you ever see a Caliber Homes home and notice that all the Caliber Homes homes look like Caliber Homes homes? Did you notice that all the Genesis Homes homes look like Genesis Homes homes? Homie? Did you notice that? Why? Because the same company designed them all. You ever notice that all of Frank Lloyd Wright's buildings look like Frank Lloyd Wright buildings? All of them? Hands up if you have heard of Frank Lloyd Wright. Good. Some of you have had an education. And so you notice all the Frank Lloyd Wright designs all look like Frank Lloyd Wright designs. Why? Because they got the same designer. I may have similar DNA to an ape or a monkey, but I'm not related to the ape or the monkey. Did you know that dogs have hearts, lungs, and livers? And so do you. Did you know that? What, um, are we lucky dogs now? Because we're similar. Did a dog walk out of a jungle once and just get in a car and be like, take me to Mickadees? You know, like, we're, if similarity, come on, if similarity equals evolution, well, where are they at? We got a new puppy a few weeks ago. Why? Um, well, because we didn't think having eight creatures living under the roof was enough, so now we have nine. See, we, we already got, like, me and Lauren, you know, the patriarch and the matriarch of the family, and we've got the five, ki- five crazy kids or four crazy kids and Zoe, and we've got, uh, and then we've got, we already had a poodle, all right? And um, that's interesting, having a poodle. And I don't mean poodle like a golden poodle, I mean a straight-up poodle poodle, you know what I mean? Like with the fluffy hair and a bow and stuff. Problem with that poodle is every time I take that dog for a walk, people start questioning my sexuality, and I'm like, hang on a minute. So I'm like, I'm going to fix this. So I went and got myself a German short hair pointer as well, all right? So now, when people look at my poodle with his pink bow in its hair, because they always put that pink bow in its hair, uh, and he's a boy dog, but anyway, and, uh, and people look at my dog like that, and they start, they start picking on me. I say, yeah, well, this dog may be cute, but this dog will fetch you after I shoot you. Come on now. I got my hunting dog over here now. And, but anyway, the funny thing about these dogs is dogs are so weird, right? Hands up if you've got a dog or you've had a dog, right? right? Dogs are weird, right? I have seen both my dogs eat their own poop. Sometimes I've seen them share the meal. Come on, who's seen their dog do that? And like the vet's like, the vet, the vet, he's all like, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, they do that because. And I'm like, well, I don't need your, they do that because they're stupid. All right, like you don't eat that stuff. It's been eaten once. That's enough, you know. But anyway, my dogs do that. They do stupid things. But if similarity means evolution, I want to know where all the half dog, half humans are at. I want to know where they're at. You know what I mean? You know the dogs I'm talking about? You know the dogs that that still eat their own poop, but also are considering going to college and getting a job. Where, Where are those dogs at? You know, more to my point, well, I want to know where, where I can find that half monkey, half human. You know, the monkeys, that they still throw poop at their fiance, <clears throat> but also went to Anglo Jewelers and put an engagement ring on layaway. Where's that dog? Come on now. They can't find 
the fossils of one single half ape, half human, half transitioned, one third, one tenth, 90%. They can't find one single fossil. They can find millions, they say billions of years old fossils, but they can't find a half ape, half human. Why? Because it's total BS. It's made up garbage theory that even the guy that came up with it doubted it when he died. Why can't they find a half ape, half human somewhere? Because similarity doesn't mean evolution, it means design. And by the way, to this Christian pastor, BS means bull stupid. Before y'all judge me right up in here. Design. You were designed. Come on, touch your neighbor, say you were designed. See, men and women aren't going to find clarity or purpose believing they're a lucky, more evolved animal. They're not going to find instructions on the best way to live and behave as men or as women by looking at an ape and, and apparently looking back. They're going to find it by looking at the Word of God and God's design and God's plans for their lives. Can somebody say amen? amen? Another way that the world, the culture these days, wants to undermine foundational design is in gender and in marriage, okay? Now, Scripture, biology, common sense. If you're young, you probably don't know what common sense is. It might be better described like this. There's a thing, it's very rare. We used to call it common sense. They've renamed it rare sense now, okay? Or just sense in general, right? But scripture, biology, common sense, history, tradition, and design all back up this now seemingly profound uh, verse in Genesis that five years ago, I'd have thought it was just a verse that helps us be like, yay, God made us. But, but, But now it is just so profoundly profound. Male and female, he created them. Such a basic design foundational element, right? Male and female, he created them. The world wants to confuse you and make you think you've got to figure out what you are. You don't need to figure nothing out with that. You just need to go, all right, God, what'd you make me? Help me be better at that. So much easier, so much simpler, so much safer. Now society, though, and even some woke churches say those scriptures are wrong. God didn't create the male and female. He created the male, female, agender, bigender, butch, gender, side gender, gender expansive, gender fluid, gender outlaw, gender queer, g- masculine of center, gender non-binary, omnigender, polygender, pan, gender trans, gender two-spirit, no gender, and 50 to 60 other genders. And it's so confusing, and God is not the author of confusion, but male and female, he created them. You don't need to try and figure it out. Which one you are, you just need to ask God to help you figure out how to be better at it. See, God designed us male and female. And listen to me, you will never, ever be more happy and more useful and more fulfilled in your life than when you make peace with God's design in your life. Never. Now, listen to me. Don't, don't, don't be like emailing us. Don't, don't be watching online and be like bad reviewing us. By the way, give us a good review because the, the, the crazies have found our, our, our Google reviews. So we'd appreciate some better ones now. And <laughs> people who have never been here have a lot to say about coming here. And um, so go to, you know, search for Eternity Church Clive and, you know, write something nicer. If you don't like us, just send us an email instead. And, uh, but don't be like reviewing us. I mean, like he's so mean. Listen. This is that good, evil, evil, good thing. Don't call the people who say, God designed you. You're valuable from the start. You don't have to cut things off your body and mutilate your body to be valuable and to find purpose. Don't be calling that person evil and then calling the person that wants to cut your 
that wants to cut your private parts off, that wants to give you hormone blockers and all these other camps. Don't be calling that person good and me evil. That's insane. Do you even know how much the pharmaceuticals, insurance, and doctors, do you know how much money they make from every single transgender? I think in the first 10 years, they make $1.8 million profit. Come on, don't call me the bad guy, because I tell you right now, hey, instead of doing that, let me help you be better at being a man. Amen? But I digress. God designed men and women different. Very different to each other. In fact, in, in Scripture, where it says that, um, that God was like, you know, it's not good for man to be alone, so um, let us find a suitable, help, suitable helper for him. Um, I love that, suitable. That word suitable is really important in this thing, not just a helper. Uh, and by the way, helper doesn't mean you're my servant, do what I say. Helper, uh, and it's the same word in Hebrew for helper there as it is later on when Scripture talks about us going to war and God going to war with us as our helper, all right? So, so it's a very strong, uh, we're here to fight together kind of helper sense, right? We're in this together, amen? And, um, but in this Scripture, when it says a suitable helper, that word suitable, is that it is from the Hebrew word connecto, which is two words together to form one new word in scriptures, and it's care, which means like. <clears throat> I want to find a helper like him, but the other half of the word is neged, which is opposite. So I want to find, I want to find a, a helper for him that's like him, but not like him. That's crazy, isn't it? So when God made a Kinego, someone who was like but not like, like but opposite for the man, it was a woman that he made. So, so women are like men, but, but they're the opposite of men. And to the married men and the married women, or a man who's dating a woman or a woman who's dating a man, you know that this is true, that they are like us, but they ain't like us. Can someone say amen, right? Come on, you know that's true, right? Come on, come on, man. Like, she's like you, she ain't like you, Right? We're not the same. We're the same species, but, 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 but we're different to each other. The suitable helper that God found was not a fish of the ocean, was not a dog of the land, was not a bird of the sky or a beast of the field. The suitable helper was not even another man like him, but with an opposite personality. No, in this moment when God could create anything and anyone, if there was anything and anyone that would be better for a man than a woman, he could have made it, but the suitable like, but not like him, helper was a woman. That's what he made. Same species, but the opposite of. That's why the only romantic relationship that God will bless. Now, I want God to bless your romantic relationships. I want God to bless your marriage. And if I want him to do that, then I need to be man enough as a pastor to speak up and tell you the truth about which ones and which way he will bless, right? And the only romantic relationship that God will bless is a romantic relationship between a man and a woman. Because in the beginning, that was his design, that was his purpose, that was his work, and that's what his word says, amen? And you all will never be happier than when you live your life according to the work and the word of God. What do I mean by that? 
the work of God that speaks to the design, his purpose, his OG intent. When he made you, what did he do? And when he's moving and working in your life, what is he doing? That's the work of God, okay? And the word of God, that speaks to the word of God. What does the word of God call me to live like? What is God saying to me in my life, all right? That, that we will find tremendous power and fulfillment as we honor the work of God and the word of God in our lives. Now, these two incredible foundational keys will help both men and women live the best life that they possibly can, a life that honors God's work and God's word. So two weeks ago, y'all ready for what we're here to talk about now? Hands up if you're having fun so far. Hands up if you're glad you came to church today. Hands up if you're not. Just kidding. Keep it down. All right. I always tell people, if you're having a good time, yell out amen. If you're hating it, send us an email, right, so that we can not get back to you. I'm just kidding. We'll get back to you and tell you why you're wrong. No, I'm kidding again. All right, relax. Relax, all right? Rob will get back to you. And so, two weeks ago, I should move on. If you're new here, sometimes I see a squirrel, I usually chase it, all right? And so, usually, I always chase it. And so two weeks ago, we started this sermon, right? Be a man, part one, part two. And what we talked about two weeks ago, was, or three weeks ago, sorry, is three things that a man is not. Today, we're going to do three things a man is. But three things a man is not. A man is not a boy. Uh, when I was a child, I acted like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put childish things away. All right? That's what scripture says. That was a quote right there, okay? Uh, a man is not an animal. We, we sort of established that already. Animals are good. We are very good, amen. Uh, and so, and, and another one, a man is not a woman. A man can't be a woman, should not act or dress like a woman. Uh, that's a quote from scripture, right? We all love, love your neighbor, but it also says a man should not dress like a woman, all right? Don't quote some and hate the rest, all right? Just embrace it all, amen. <clears throat> Today, I want to look at, though, the work of God and the work of God in regards to how a man can act like a man. The scripture we read a couple of weeks ago said, act like a man. Uh, and it was quoting a scripture uh, in First Kings, echoed again in the New Testament as well, act like a man. Now, the world wants to attack masculinity and destroy it, just like they want to do the same to women, right? You're not a mother, you're not a woman, you're a person who has her period. And, uh, sorry, no, not her. You're a person who bleeds once a month, and, and, and you're, you're, you're not a mother, you're, you're a meat vessel. That's it. You know what I mean? You're just a birthing person, right? And society wants to really attack that. <clears throat> and they want to also, with men, they want to attack masculinity. They want to destroy it. And they want men to live their lives in confusion. Confused about who you are, confused about what you are, how you were designed, and how God calls you to live your life. Progressive culture hates everything that I'm going to show you today. Hates it, will probably email me this week about it so Rob can reply. They hate it, all right? But I'm going to give you three points on how to not just be a man, but how to be good at being a man, okay? According to the Word of God and the work of God. In the world, they're like, well, if you're not good at it, try that instead. In church, in the Word, we say, if you're not good at it, let's help you be better at it, all right? Come on, that's what we want to do. Men, you are physically designed and by the word of God, you are called to the three P's of masculinity, all right? Making it really easy for you. So here they are. <clears throat> I'll give you all three, then I'll go through them. They are, you're called to protect, to provide, and to preside, okay? 
be a man. Protect, provide, and preside. Y'all ready for that? Oh, come on. Y'all ready for that? All right. <clears throat> Number one, let's go. Giddy up. Come on. Number one, men are designed for and called to protect. All right, let me show you in design first. Men have 75% more muscle mass than women. That's a lot. Did you know that? Right? Men have over 75% more muscle mass than women and over 90% more physical strength than women. Now, I know there may be a woman here like, but I'm strong, or but I'm this, or that's sexist. Look, no, facts don't care about your feelings. They just are what they are, you know what I mean? And the fact is, men have 75% more muscle mass, and they have 90% more physical strength than women, okay? I saw research that showed the average man could fight and win against 10 average women at once. That's a lot. The average bottom quarter of men in strength could fight and win against the average top quarter of women in strength. Now, that means there is a serious imbalance between the strength of a man and of a woman. It doesn't mean, I'm not saying women are weak. Scripture, when it talks about women, it does say this one almost defensive term. It says the weaker sex. It didn't say the weak sex. The weaker. Men are stronger. Biology. Make peace with it, all right? It's a serious imbalance that cannot be ignored. Men are clearly, if you look at just biology alone, men are clearly designed to be the protectors. Women are clearly designed to carry the children, to feed the children literally with their own bodies. It's not sexist. It's a fact. You won't ever find a pregnant man. Men were designed this way. Women were designed that way. It is what it is. They were designed to carry the children, to feed the children, to grow the children in the safety of a man's protection. Now, I know some women are stronger than other women and do not have to. I know women don't have to stay home and feed babies all day. That's not what I'm saying. It's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that it is clear that a woman and children will thrive best within the protection of the safety provided by a man of God. Y'all ready for this? Men are designed strong and called to be strong. In 1 Chronicles, David tells his son, be strong and courageous, do the work. In 1 Kings, when David's about to die, one of the most important pieces of parting wisdom that he had for his son, that he felt like, I got to get this out before I die. He says, look, I'm about to go the way of the earth. So be strong, act like a man. This strength we see repeatedly mentioned in Scripture is important for men. Men are designed for spiritual, emotional, and physical strength. And godly men need to honor the designer. Okay? Now, I'm about to make an, an, a, a statement. Now, I know that like many weeks, sort of more left-wing progressive people get offended by what we say here. Occasionally, the, the right-wing people get offended. But today, it's just my plan to offend everybody. All right? So listen, I'm, but I want to do a, a, little, a little precursor to what I'm about to say, all right? Yeah, don't put it up yet, all right? Is this, all right? What I'm about to say is to able-bodied men, okay? So if a man is disabled, has PTSD, has an injury, then I'm not talking about you right now. 
you should still work on being healthier and, and, and stewarding your life and stewarding your, you definitely should not sit down and just make peace with the pain in your life. You should have a, I want to be an overcomer attitude in your life. And, and I want to find victory and healing and make progress in my life, right? But, but what I'm about to say is to able-bodied men. So listen, every able-bodied man should work out, lift heavy things, and take care of his health to the best of his ability, with no exceptions. Every one of them. Every one of them. Now, I'm not up here trying to say I'm the pinnacle and the picture of health and, and all that other gear. And, oh, I'm providing and I'm presiding and I'm protecting. No, 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 no. I had to humble myself because I was made aware by another man in my life that I was not being a godly man, that I was not providing, presiding, and protecting the way God intended. And, and I read some books, and I, and I read the Word of God front, back, and again, and again, and again, right? And, and, and these are the three principles that we see repeatedly echoed that men need to be to be a godly man in their family's lives, okay? And so, so you can, like, sit here and be like, oh, look at you. You're not, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm saying I am working on these three things in my life, Okay? I'm on a journey. But every able-bodied man should work out, lift heavy things. If his job doesn't require lifting heavy things, he should go to the gym and lift heavy things and take care of his health to the best of his abilities. Now, I'm not saying y'all need to be dead sexy, all right? Have six packs, you know? I'm not saying we all need to look like Chris Smith, you know, with, with muscles in places I don't even have places, you know what I mean? Like six pack on his back, you know what I mean? Like, like we can't all look like that. But we can be on a journey and for the rest of our lives, make sure that we are seeking to honor the designer by being strong. Steward the gift that God gave us. Amen. I hope and I pray that laziness and apathy are never the reason my family gets hurt. I hope and pray that our apathy in regards to pursuing strength and stewarding testosterone and masculinity, I hope our apathy is never the reason our families go unprotected. Now, if you do pursue strength, and then, God forbid, something terrible happens anyway, and your family is hurt, may they at least know that it wasn't your apathy that hurt them, that you did your best to protect them by being strong and ready like God commanded. Amen? Godly men stand guard over their homes. Godly men do the work. They do their best to make the home a safe place for their families. In my house, look, let me just put this out there, all right? Might be the first pastor in Iowa you've ever heard say this from stage. Listen, in my house, I run, I work out, I lift weights, I have guns, I have a security system with backups on backups on backups. And if somebody breaks into my house intending to do harm to my family, uh, sorry, to do harm to my family, there will either be a shootout or a fight to the death, maybe both. Because that's my job. My family's not going to get hurt in my house because I'm hiding under the stairs, unable to do what God called me to do. God did not make me strong so I could go hide while my family is pillaged. Oh, you're so old school, Jesse. No, God designed me strong. God designed me aggressive. You can't beat the aggression out of a man. 
A man is always going to be aggressive. We need to use it in a godly way. We need to use that aggression in a way that protects and provides and presides. It's going to come out. The question is, will that aggression and that strength come out healthy or unhealthy, godly or ungodly, good or evil? How's it going to come out? We need to help young men channel that aggression to build strength and use it the way God intended. Can somebody say amen? You seen the crime rates ticking up in large cities around America? Sorry, being strong and courageous is still good. So men, be strong. Stand guard. Call the cops, absolutely. But while you wait for them, be ready and willing to do the work. And some, someone here will be like, well, I don't like this. That's fine. Argue all you like. But the fact is... Strong men win the fights, and weak men don't. And so I'm going to do my best to be able to fulfill the call of God on my life to be strong so that I can protect my wife, my children, and those around me. Now, I'm not saying that half the people in this room couldn't beat me up. Look, I'm a pretty little skinny guy. I had to work out just so that the bottom 3% of men couldn't beat me up, all right? But I got, to the, I got to the top 87% now. So come on. You didn't really get that, did you? Anyway. Now, if you're here and you're like, I've not been taking care of this stuff. Well, I'm not here to judge you. I'm just here to... But I'm also not going to be the pastor that sits here and be like, yeah, keep doing that. No, I'm going to be the guy that says, hey, let's help you do what God's called you to do. How now shall we live? You know what I mean? Take responsibility. All right, you ready for number two? By the way, get yourself to men's prayer breakfast this Thursday morning at 6.30 a.m. <clears throat> All right? Like, like if, you, if you want some accountability in your life, if you want to grow in your walk with God, if you want to grow as a man of God, get around other men of God. Scripture says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another man. All right? Oh, I got no friends. Well, guess what? There's a place you could go every single week. All right? This church doesn't go to men's. All right? 6.30 in the morning. I'm not a morning person. You know how to fix that? Decide on Wednesday night, I'm going to men's group at 6.30 on Thursday morning and do it. All right. Just go, just wake up. It's not hard. Just wake up. That's a fair, look, okay, look, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm being too controversial. Let, let me say something less controversial for y'all. Get a gun. Apparently telling men to wake up in the morning is too controversial. Number two, are you ready for it? Yes. You, uh, men are designed for and called to provide. You can use your strength to tear down or to build up. You can use your strength to take or to give. You can use your strength to pillage like some men do, or you can use your strength to provide like godly men do. Amen? Ungodly men use their strength to hurt women and children instead of protecting them. Ungodly men abuse women. Ungodly men act like animals, having sex wherever they go, getting women pregnant and running away from their responsibilities. Godly men step up and provide. Godly men make mistakes, but when they do, they recognize and they take responsibility for their mistakes and they provide and they step up. Godly men don't have kids in California and, and live in Iowa. Hello. 
Now, it may be different if you're over here and you've got kids here and kids there and you've had to find a way to, but godly men will provide for their kids. Godly men don't, don't get some gal pregnant somewhere and, and then walk away. No, no, if you've got a kid somewhere in your life that you're not providing for, write a check tomorrow and put it in the mail. Do your job. Provide for your kids. And if you live in Iowa and you've got no kids and no family here, but you've got a kid in California, get your butt back to California. Come on now, if you're watching online and you live somewhere else in the world and you got a kid in Iowa and that's where all your kids are, and I don't mean a 20-year-old, I mean like you got a 10-year-old, you got a kid still being raised in Iowa, get your butt back to Iowa. Be a man. Get back here. I know it's harsh, but you need that. Get your butt back and look after your kid. Oh, but I can earn better money in California. Get your butt back to Iowa. He don't need your money. He needs you to provide for him. He doesn't need a Maserati. He just needs you providing for his needs. Can someone say amen? Amen. Now, when I talk about providing, I'm not saying to compare yourself to other men. Some men can provide their kids with a brand new F-150, and other men can provide their kids with a 25-year-old Toyota Corolla. It's not about what it is. It's about are you providing their needs? Some men can, give, can, can, can drive around in, in Maseratis and some guys are, 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 are just buying an apartment, all right? But, but it's, just, just make sure you provide for your family's needs. Yeah? You know what Scripture says about men who don't work? Mm. It says, see, we all love this love your neighbor stuff, don't we? Isn't that nice? You know, we all love that Jesus loves you shirts because he does love you. He adores you, right? We all love that. Oh, Jesus loves you, and God's got great plans for your life. But, but also, if a man is unwilling to work, let him not eat. <laughs> Hello. I don't like this church. <laughs> grace upon grace upon grace. But also... If a man does not provide for his relatives, especially those in his own house, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Bible. I ain't even paraphrasing right now. Um, A slack man lives in poverty, but a diligent man has all that he needs. Oh, man, we love Jesus loves you, and we love grace upon grace, and we love love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is the first and the second and the greatest command. We all love that, but also take care of widows and orphans. There's a groupie left out. You ever noticed that? He says, true religion takes care of widows and orphans. Y'all notice that he didn't mention men? Oh, snap. Y'all notice that right there. He didn't mention. Why? Because they're going to get their butts up and get some food for their family. You know what a man does? A man goes, we don't have any food. I can't find a job. The government's done paying me. I guess I'm going to go take a knife to the bush and kill a pig. That's why God made you strong. All right? It's interesting. Take care of widows and orphans, but he doesn't mention men. Because if a man is unwilling, notice it says unwilling, by the way. It didn't say if a man doesn't work. It says if a man is unwilling to work. 
There's a difference between a man who can work but is unwilling, who can work and can find a job but won't. There's a difference between that man and the man who can't work or the man who can work but can't find a job. We're called to take care of those men. Amen. Now, I know that some men are married to women who have a degree or some ability to earn a much higher income than they can, all right? And I am not saying that that man is living in sin. That's not what I'm saying at all, all right? See, like, if, 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 you, if you're a man in here and you can earn $38,000 a year, but your wife can earn $75,000 a year, and, you, and in your family you're convinced that one of you needs to stay home and look after the kids, then good on you. Do it. Do it. Absolutely. In fact, your pride could get in the way of your family's provision at that moment. So your humility will provide for your family. Do you see that? Right? In fact, if my wife, if I, if I didn't love my job, if I was doing something else, and if my wife could earn $300,000 a year and I could only earn fifty dollars or $60,000 a year, baby, go to work. I'm going to mow the lawns every day. Right? Come on now. So I ain't judging you. Hey, if your humility is providing for your family, I applaud you. Great humility. Well done, Dad. Another way men can provide for their family, must provide for their family, is by not just being in the house, but by being in the room with their family. Children need to play with their dads. Studies show that kids who get thrown around by their dads outperform children who lacked it in almost every way. Those children over, uh, deal with hurt better because they've been hurt. <laughs> they, 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 deal, they have better coordination. They have better endurance and perseverance. They have better relationships with their parents. They do, sorry, they, they do, uh, they do better in, in their lives, in almost every area of their lives, by having a dad who was not just in the house, but was engaged with them because children need engaged dads. And they need that rough and tumble stuff. It makes them better and stronger in life. That's another reason dads need to be strong. Don't let your kids miss out on playtime with dad because dad ain't fit enough to jump on a trampoline. Come on now. We're hitting it hard today. Right? Sorry, this is getting too con- too, way too controversial. I'll go back to the less controversial things. Get a gun. Protect your family. I don't want my kids to miss out on playtime with dad because I can't throw that little creature in the air. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, come on, kids need to get thrown into a fan at least once in their life. You know? Come on now. Hands up, hands up, dads, if you have thrown one of your kids into a ceiling fan. And my hand's up. Yeah, there's even a mom whose hands up. She's like, yeah, I did that too. <laughs> I love it, right? Come on now. Don't do it on purpose. Don't go home and be like, kid, this is going to be, this is for your own good. <laughs> Pastor said so. Look, take it all with a grain of salt, all right? I'm not Jesus. <laughs> come on, don't be a lazy dad. Don't be the dad who works hard out there, but then you come home and you like think your job's done. I, 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 cook, I, you know, I provided for the meal. Now, woman, go cook it. Don't be that guy, right? Don't be the guy who, who, who comes home and, and you throw your shoes off, put your white singlet on, sit on the chair, grab a beer and watch some other dad engage with his kids on the television. 
No, no, instead, in everything you do, do it with all your might as though doing it for the Lord because it really is the Lord who you're doing it for, Colossians 3. Or in the words of King David, act like a man, be strong, do the work. Men are designed for and called to provide for your family. You ready for the last one? Good. Okay, the problem that I've got right now is the last two services I finished on time, which has in my head made me think I've got more time. So anyway, let's get to it. Okay, lastly, and potentially the most controversial thing that I will have said today, way more controversial than, hey, go buy a gun, um, is, is men are designed for and called to preside over their families. Now, I'm not mocking women. I love y'all. You're amazing. But I do want to take the word of God and design really seriously. We talked momentarily about this uh, in, in week one. So go to Be a Man, unless you're a woman, then be a woman. Go to that one and, and watch that as well. But men are called to be strong and designed to be strong in our emotions and our values. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, women's emotions are like this. Whoa, whoa, you know, you know but, but they are, you know, but like a bit like this. Do you know what I mean? You know, like it, it's smaller than the exaggerated garbage. And, and I'm not even saying that's bad. Like, like, I love it. Like, I'm here for the ride. It's fun. You know what I mean? Like, like, I love being married to a woman. She's amazing. But the fact is, men tend to be a bit more like this, you know? And, you know, and, and, and it's really annoying for women um, that men are like that. And it's really annoying for, for men that women are like this. Uh, but, but, but it's beautiful and it comes together really well. And, you know, like men, you ask a man, how was your day? It was good. Okay, tell me about it. Well, the day was good. You know, like and we feel things in general. I know some men have some more feels than most men, but hardly any men have as many feels as the women. You know what I mean? But um, but 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 you know, so we we have some feelings. Like we, we're like, man, like I I I I like it, and I don't like it. You know, and you know, people want us to get a bit more specific than that. That's going to be difficult for us. Um, you know, like the whole we've got like, you yeah, well, I'm 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 angry and I'm not angry. You know what I mean? And, and that's about it for us often, you know. And so you ask because you want to explain stuff a bit deeper than we're able to. It's just really difficult because I had a good day. That, that's how it went. Got more details? Yeah. I got there at 8. I left at 5. And in the middle, it was good. <laughs> Come on. Does anyone know what I'm talking about right now? Like, and and so, so my wife, she wants to tell me, all the bits of the day, and I would just want to tell her that, like, in general, is pretty good. Do you know what I mean? And if it relates to her, I'll tell her, I told you the bits that mattered to you. You know what I mean? I came home. That mattered the most, <laughs> you know? And, uh, but we're different, aren't we, us men and women, right? In general. And I know I'm talking in generals, but Scripture says that a man is to the head of his family and that he should lead well. In fact, biblically, if he's not leading his family well, he's actually disqualified from being a leader in the church. That's how strong Scripture is about men being the spiritual and emotional leader of the family. Scripture basically says if your family's not doing well, you can't be a leader in church. That's nuts. And it's like, well, my wife still gets to lead a small group in church and the families are doing well, but it didn't say she can't. But we have to. Godly men preside over the values of our families. Our, our families will not be destroyed by this world's ungodly, crazy, progressive agenda that says that this changes. It doesn't. It does. The Word of God is not progressive. The Word of God is an anchor. Amen? 
Our families won't be destroyed by an ideology that devalues women to nothing more than a birthing vessel. We won't let our kids live in this kind of ideology that devalues masculinity and everything good about a man and everything good about a woman. Femininity is beautiful. Masculinity is amazing. It ain't toxic. It's not toxic. They're good. Come on, we're going to provide, we're going to preside over, watch over the, the values of our family. If something's dangerous to our family, we're going to get them away from it. We're going to protect them from it. We're going to be like Jesus. We're going to be like God. God says he's a jealous lover. What's that mean? That means something's coming after my family. I'm a get in the way. Something comes after my family, some aggressive, some ungodly, just uh, un, un, ungodly value system or, or idea, I'm going to get in the way. I'm going I'm to provide. A part of presiding is protecting. We're not going to delegate this privilege to preside. We're not going to delegate that privilege to the school system, allowing them to confuse and indoctrinate our children. We're not going to let politicians, like I said, I don't care if it's Trump or Biden in the White House, the White House will not preside over my house. I'll do that. We're not going to let singers and celebrities preside over the values of our families. We're going to do the work. We're going to step up and take responsibility for what we've been designed and called. We're going to take responsibility for what the work of God and the Word of God clearly show that I'm supposed to do. And we're going to step up like Joshua and say, y'all can choose for yourselves which ungodly ideology or which God you want to serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> Our values come from the Word of God, and we're going to stand firm on them. And when the wind comes, and then the wind blows, and the storm rages, I'll still be standing. And when I get tired of standing firm, I'm going to stand firm still. Amen? That's what men do. We stand firm. I love that women feel everything and want to bless. Awesome, compassion, Beautiful. We're going to listen to that and stand firm in our values. The world told men to sit down and shut up. And so we sat down and we shut up. And I don't know if many of you look at the world right now and are like, it's going great. <laughs> it's not. And it's not because all women are leading. It's because men quit leading at all. Oh, you're just not a Christian white man. Just come shut up with this intersectionality garbage. I don't care if you're white, black, Hispanic, Asian, combination. I don't care. God's good. I want all of y'all to stand up. The black men, the Asian men, the white men, the Hispanic men, all the men. I want you to stand up and lead your families again. Lead in prayer. <clears throat> Actually lead. Lead your family in prayer. Lead in worship. Come to church. Lead in values. To lead in values means you're going to lead in the word. Amen. Men, be strong. Use your strength for the betterment of your family and for the glory of God. Would you all stand up with me as we get ready to land the plane? Don't go. Don't, 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 don't. Don't be like, oh, you know, he's four minutes over. We've got to pee. You'll be fine. Your bladder won't burst. Don't, don't miss out on this moment.
We've got to do something really important right now. In a moment, Rob's going to come out and pray with people who want to give their lives to Christ. So we'll probably go another six minutes, okay? Um, but listen, men, I know Scripture says, wives, submit to your husbands. And I know it says, husbands, love your wives. Why does it say those things, I wonder? Well, because men can tend to forget to love sometimes, or at least to show it, you know? And women love to be adored. They do. And, um, and men love to be respected. And uh, so God's reminding us to take care of those important parts of our lives. And it's, it's in, by the way, a part of being a man is to love well. In the scripture we read three weeks ago, it said, be a man, be strong, stand firm, do everything in love. Come on. Love isn't just a feminine thing. It's a godly thing. But we got a lot of men and we'd be like, man, I wish my wife would submit. Can I just say two things about that? Number one, if you, ain't, if you haven't got your family in church, if you ain't praying for your family, if you ain't leading your family, if you aren't worshiping, if you're not praying for them, if you're not reading the word, why should she submit? Like biblically, yeah, she can honor God by doing what it says. But what do you do? Like, why? You're not the leader of your family. You're just a dude telling people to submit. Come on now. You know what? Here's the, here's the most important part of this. If, 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 you know, a, a woman will feel safer submitting to somebody who is in submission. We need men, if we want our wives to actually want to follow us spiritually, then we need to be in submission to the Father. And say, God, help me be the man I was designed to be. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to MyEternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at MyEternityChurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.